Time to have another uncomfortable conversation surrounding the Charlotte Hornets and their future. It's today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen, even sticking with us. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see my face during the cold open, and then you can see Doug dipping his head in despair and then doing this weird mouth thing that you see when people exhale and their lips shake and slow motion. It kind of looks funny. That's Doug Branson. You can find his work on his Substack Hornets, uh, every Hornets box score at every Hornets box score.com. You can catch me on WFNZ middays from 12 to three every weekday. It's time to have that conversation. Isn't it again, Doug? Probably. Well, I'd say, uh, well, you know, everybody's going to have it. Fire mm-hmm. up the tank. I don't know how you fire up a tank. I mean, that's like, how do you, I don't even know how to start yeah. a tank. Like, how do you, I mean, it's obviously, you can't, it's not key in ignition. Like, it can't well, right. be. Well, right, I mean, are you like this with all with all your things? Like, oh, Where God, did I, I forgot, leave, the, did you bring the where keys? Where did I leave my tank key? Do you think they have tiles for their tank keys? Like it would just, need to hold be on, a giant key. You would feel like it can't yeah. be just a regular car key. It would have to be like one of those keys of the city, like a giant key. Anyway, we're getting way off target. LaMelo hurts his ankle again. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how you announce the main story. So. LaMelo hurts it. So, yeah, I the, the first conversation before we lead to what, what's next is, and it's a serious one. This is, this is the biggest story. And Doug, put it in here. Biggest story. Number one, are the Hornets cursed? The reason we ask this question is because not only what happened this offseason, not only what has happened after what was a pretty awesome start at three and three, given the context of all the injuries of what happened this offseason, but now they're four and 12, I think. Well, how many losses are they at now? Yeah, four and 12 is the overall record. <laughs> You've lost and count. <laughs> I didn't know if it was 13 or 12. I didn't know. So four and 12 on the season. And the biggest loss of them all is LaMelo Ball. He exits the game with one minute and 34 seconds left. <laughs> to add insult to injury, 134, LaMelo Ball goes after a loose basketball heading out of bounds, tries to save it, and as he does so, he steps on a fan's ankle, and it twists, and he's Get in a lot of... Get out of the of- way! Get out of the... What are you doing? I mean, I'm not... Look, I'm not here to, like... Yeah. I mean, and even Dell was even Dell said something and he's really careful with this stuff. But like, I mean, get if you're the fan, get out of the way. I'm not trying to like Bartman dox this person, but like get out of the way. What are you doing? I, like his feet never moved. I don't want a 30 for 30 on this guy, so please it, it doesn't have to be like that for Bartman, uh, but I I yes, it it's unfortunate that the foot was there and he's chilling watching the game. Which of put course, his hands out, put his hands but, out like oh, like you can catch him, do something. Um, so he steps on a fan's foot and then it twists and then he's in a lot of pain immediately. And then he's actually pretty angry too. It's the angry reaction where you can't believe it happens again. And then he goes immediately to the bench. Then he gets helped off of the court 
through the tunnel where there's video of him heading back to the locker room, not putting any weight on it. There's just zero weight on it whatsoever, which I, in the very positive of terms, you hope that that's just precautionary where, hey, I don't know what your ankle is like. We're not putting any weight on it. In the very negative of terms, it's it hurts way too bad. There's no way in hell I can put I'm going to say it. it's. I know I'm it is. I know it is. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. I well, because think you can see it too. on his face like that. I felt I didn't really like literally feel his pain, but like emotionally, I felt the pain of like as soon as it happened, you knew it was bad. And, you know, you I think you I think going through his mind was probably in an instant, you know, all yeah. the things are flashing through his mind. But in an instant, he's thinking, I came back too damn soon. Yeah. And this happens in the NFL sometimes where you I mean, just because injuries are more prevalent. You see guys that are angry after an injury. You think it's the worst. And then eventually there is an MRI or something. Yeah, we that don't helps know. We don't know. This. Yeah, that, that's the that's the we're recording that's in the, the morning. So we're probably going to get details after the show airs. And so we'll come back on Friday with Nick Carboni and talk about what what actually we're dealing with here. But at least right now, like it's it feels severe. So if if this thing is severe, would you say that's enough evidence that the Hornets are cursed here, Doug? Or are you going to go the other way? Well, it's the prevailing fan opinion that the Hornets as a franchise are cursed, and this is just one piece of evidence and a pile of evidence. Um, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go the other way and say the Hornets are not cursed because I think to be cursed, one typically has to do something like you piss off a witch, and the witch then throws a hex on you, throws a curse on you. You have to do something. And that causes a negative thing to happen. <laughs> what, what we're dealing with in this instance is the Hornets doing nothing. It's the equivalent of someone sitting on their couch for months and, and not working, not acquiring income, never checking the mail. The bills pile up. And then all of a sudden, two you know burly guys come and take all your furniture. That's what I think we're dealing with here. When you do nothing in the offseason, when you do nothing over the course of several seasons to address what everyone can see, what everyone is screaming to the rooftops, the, you know, the ceiling and the rooftops. What is the biggest problem with this team? Center, the center position. When you don't deal with these things over time, th this is what ultimately manifests. So I don't think they're cursed. They just, they put themselves in this position. Do, do you think that. there is, uh, the, do you think there is a curse of George Shin though? Because they did do something. <laughs> they left the city. And ever since they left the city, it's not gone too well for any iteration no, of a not, basketball team here. No, because again, I, to me, that absolves... The, when you say they're cursed, you are you are putting it on some deity or some some ephemeral thing that we can't touch that we have to have faith in, and we have faith that they're cursing. No, this is that absolves the franchise from both mm -hmm. action and inaction. Right now, it's been mostly inaction, but there were things leading up through the years of the Bobcats and and the return of the Hornets actions that they took that have gotten them to this place. And I'm not going to absolve them by saying they're cursed. This is an unfortunate incident. But, but you know, uh, honestly, I, I'm not going to discount the idea that LaMelo coming back too soon is, is playing a part in this. So I'm not going to say they're cursed because that absolves the franchise of, of action and, more importantly, the inaction. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here like they – I'm sitting here watching Donovan Mitchell do great things in Cleveland. I'm sitting here watching SGA uh, doing great things mm -hmm. in Oklahoma City. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say that those actions haven't gotten them to this place where one injury completely cripples your franchise. Okay, well, whether they're cursed, whether they're not cursed, we have to ask what's next. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Are we now at the point where you have to pull the trigger on tanking? Do you, do you bring the keys? Whatever you do to fire up the tank. How do you press a button? I don't know. Uh, do you just say open sesame, start engine? I don't know what you do. I'm gonna, you know, what, I'm gonna time? look it up. I, when we come back, please to the bar, I'm gonna tell you exactly how you start a tank. <laughs> just yes, please do that, how and then we can try to figure out what the Hornets tank. are going to do. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working. For you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new one anytime. It could not be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Locked On NBA. Tank Talk. Next, Locked On Hornets. Is Locked On Hornets. Walker, sometimes you don't have to have the best package. Okay. Sometimes... You just have to have the only package. If you wait, or this is uh, if my dating life uh, taught me anything, sometimes you just have to wait around long enough until you're the only thing remaining. And then suddenly, you look pretty great in comparison. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen today. Make your next listen locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide. Doug, did our research team find how you start up a tank? Uh, yes, I have it right here. How do you start a tank? Uh, step number one, remove tank from the box. Step number two, put your tank in position. Step number three, rinse all gravel and ornaments. Up. Uh, you know what? This is how to start a fish tank. Oh, okay. So hey, I can help you with that. I got a couple. That's my <laughs> so, bad. That's my bad. Come back to me. I'll, I'll tell, I'm going to keep looking this up, though. That's uh, that's how to okay. start a fish tank. You need to cycle a tank. You need to make sure you have beneficial bacteria before you put fish in it. So we can talk about that later. But that's not the tank we're talking about. It's not even the tool of warfare. That's not what we're talking about either. In fact, we're talking about whether the Hornets should lose on purpose where that definition is a little bit hairy, but it's certainly losing on purpose from the higher authorities within the organization. The players might not want to do that, but you are putting out players that aren't necessarily the best in the world in order to win right now. Um, the way that they could do this is by trading Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, assets that possible contenders might want to take a shot at playoff contention, championship contention, East, whatever they want to win and they want to make a move right now and they're willing to give up assets. So the Lakers are the team that you look at. They have a couple first round picks, but they are way in the future. They can't give up their first round picks right now because it's the Pelicans that own the first round picks here. So if you're going to go to the Lakers, they have a couple first round picks, but they're in the future and you would give up Gordon Hayward. You would give up 
Terry Rozier and you'd bring back Russell Westbrook. And I don't even know if they'd buy out Russell Westbrook or if he would play at this point. Not sure what would happen there. Doesn't have to be the Lakers, though. So, you know, Doug, is it time? Is it time for them after this? Let, let's let's say that LaMelo is going to be out, I don't know, another month's worth of time. Cody Martin already is going to be missing four to six weeks after we saw that news come in over the weekend. Is it time if LaMelo is going to miss a month's worth of, uh, of games here? Well, we've seen what the Charlotte Hornets have been able to do and not been able to do, especially offensively without LaMelo Ball, and it hasn't been good. And in fact, even with LaMelo's return, he, now he was gearing up and I think hitting another level in this Indiana game. So maybe you think, okay, if he's healthy for another four or five games, the offense really starts to hum. You get back Gordon Hayward, you get back Cody Martin, and you make a run at it. At least that was the argument that Steve Clifford was putting forward, that, hey, there's not many games separating the sixth seed and where they were in the Eastern Conference, and that if they get on a little bit of a run once those players start to cycle back in, that that things would be hunky-dory. But I think you have to look at the situation and say, all right, we know what this offense looks like without LaMelo Ball. Even with Gordon Hayward, the offense wasn't looking super sharp. And, and that's just not going to cut it, especially with the way the Hornets are shooting so far, like three-point shooting from players that you really expect three-point shooting from. It's just been it's just been not very good. And so we know what that looks like, and we know how many wins that equals, and it's not many. Um, so, you know, I think that, yeah, if he's out for like a month or longer, they're going to be in such a hole. It's going to be you, – you can't recover from it, especially in, a, in an Eastern Conference that is settling in on what those – you know, six, seven seeds are going to be like, I think playoffs at this point is unrealistic. And if playoffs is unrealistic, right. then there's no point in this draft with the class that's coming up of staying in the middle. So yeah, I think you have to explore all options to move on from some of the bigger names, bigger contracts that you have that would make your team demonstrably worse. Because look, these players aren't going to stop playing hard. This is this is the hardest I've seen a team work for four and twelve in my history of watching NBA basketball closely. Like this is it's crazy how much effort you're seeing out on the floor and how little it's equating to wins because the shooting's not there. So yeah, yeah, I think it's time to explore that for sure. And I don't think it's it's the only move they can make is to move players. And I'm not advocating for this, but if Steve Clifford wasn't signed up for a tank, you know, I, th- I think they could look later in the season at maybe moving on to someone who could shepherd a rebuild. Because I don't know that, that Clifford is necessarily, necessarily the guy to lead that. Well, and, and I know that he doesn't want to do it. I know that right. from what he flat out told us at the coaches' luncheon. He When he talked about possibly being a head coach somewhere in the NBA, one thing he said he knew for sure is that he did not want to be a part of a rebuild. Well, they're 4-12 and 12 right now. They are... Among the, they are the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and they are playing like one of the worst teams in all of the NBA. I think this is the part that people get a little frustrated with when we have the tank conversation. People opposed to it will often say that it's not a guarantee, and that's 100% true. People opposed to it often say that you haven't seen any team go through the tanking. <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. It's, it's, funny to say, it's funny to say that saying it's not a guarantee is 100% guarantee. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny to me. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, and, and all of this is funny in a, I'm delirious. By the way, so we're well. talking, I, I meant to do this bit at the top of the show, but we're talking about tanking now. We're talking about 
LaMelo Ball, unfortunately, getting hurt with a minute 34 in a game that we haven't even mentioned was just out. Like, they weren't even going to win. He was going for a loose ball. It was noble of him to go for that loose ball. But they, 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 were, they were not going to win that game anyway. But so if you've been watching on YouTube so far, you probably noticed, hey, Doug's not wearing a hat. Typically, he wears a hat on almost every show. I'm enjoying seeing the, the luscious locks that he has up on the top of his head as well, confirming <laughs> Is that, that what he's you're not, saying? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's good confirmation to know that I'm not like just completely receding, you know, and, and I'm having mm-hmm. just a weird sort of long hair situation in the <laughs> back. I don't know. You know, so it's, it's good to just every once in a while tell the audience that's not what's going on. Um, but I did it specifically because I wanted to, you know, not all when I wear a hat, it doesn't always have to have a meaning like why I'm wearing the hat. But I thought in this case, with everything that's going on, there's really only one hat in my growing collection that really meets the yeah. moment. And that hat is the 2017 Charlotte all-star hat, AKA the all-star that never was. <laughs> yes. So there we go. Yeah. Hat on now. The, the, the hat that meets hat. the moment. Also called the big L hat. It was supposed to franchise right now. Taking a big L. Yeah. It was supposed to, are you just going to wear that every episode or are you going to no, switch? No, it up? No, I couldn't bear it. No, this just now, in fact, I don't want to, because you know, the more you wear a hat, the more you wear it out. And this is a collector, baby. <laughs> this is going to be worth <laughs> at least $15 someday. So I got to put this back on the rack. Some sicko wants that somewhere. Some, some collecting sicko wants it, but, but this was, this is my point, right? The, the opposition to tanking would say mm-hmm. that it's not a guarantee. The opposition mm-hmm. to tanking would say that the odds are still hard to get the number one overall pick. The opposition mm-hmm. would say that it instills a bad culture. When you instill a culture of losing where these players start to understand that the team wants to lose. All of that is very true. But at some point as well, you're kidding yourselves. If you want to say, okay, hey, we're going to go for it this year when we all understand that there's just not going to be a shot, then what are you doing for your future? is Is it valuable to instill a culture of winning right now for these young guys that are not going to win, right? Well, the, like you might on, have okay, hold on, pause. Okay, Can I, go I, I'm going to let you continue, but I have to pause oh, you goodness. there because you're because I have to just I just have to underline that for the opposition. You I, cannot I you. build a culture of winning if you cannot win basketball games, and it's part of the problem with having Clifford as the coach because he is instilling certain pieces of culture that really work. He has gotten them to give a level of effort and have some accountability that they did not have under James Borrego. You can see it in the defensive numbers. You can see it in how Kelly Oubre gets 13 rebounds last night, so many of them offensive rebounds. He has them doing things that are making up for the fact, not quite making up enough to get wins, but making up for the fact that they can't score on offense in the half court, okay? So he is he is instilling some pieces of the culture, but ultimately you can't have a winning culture unless you win and the way you do that is by bringing in talent the organization also has to do it the players cannot create culture on their own a coach cannot create culture on his own like you have to do that as an organization as well and that's where they failed and so you know at this point it's time to break it all down until they can you know until they can do that so that's all right let's continue this in the next segment coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. 
I want to talk about the ways they could tank. Maybe there is a different way that you could actually do this because it, it's not that, of course, yes, you're going to be losing on purpose for the most part, but also maybe there are different players you could go after. The Young Reclamation Projects, take a look at some of the other teams that have gone this route and seen what has worked and what has not worked. We can get to that in just a moment. Plus, we can just discuss why they actually did lose this game. I do want to talk about Sweat Block. This episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. And I'll tell you, this weekend, that was Wedding Palooza. I had one on Friday and I had one on Saturday. And the number one thing I worry about, especially with the button up shirts, especially the ones that are either white or light in color, I'm worried about the pit stains. Except I'm not worried about them when I have sweat block that are guaranteed. The products from sweat block are guaranteed to stop perspiration. And they actually call it the dry shirt guarantee because sweat block wipes were invented by a doctor that are guaranteed to work for you. And if sweat block does not keep you dry, you get your money back. If you or someone you love is, is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, you can try sweat block risk free today. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. We'll try to figure out how the Hornets lost this game and whether they should keep losing this season. Coming up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. I know a lot about the weight room. I know a lot. A ton about the weight. I, 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 don't, I don't lift a lot of weights, uh, but I do kind of stand around the weight room. I sort of... I kind of... Are you using that? Are you, you're good? Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah. And, you know, no, I, I stand around the weight room a lot. Do you have the high socks and the headband on with your hair tied back? Oh, yeah. Big, like, white tube socks for sure. Yeah. yeah. Headband. Yeah, I've got it all. I've got yeah, big, he- these big he- these headphones right here that you see me wearing on YouTube right now. I take these into the gym. <laughs> so I just... You know, it's about looking professional. You got to look the part, right? Dress for the job that you want. That's how I feel about how I am in the weight room. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Okay, I I think I found uh, what we need here. How to start a tank. That's what we've been okay. talking about all show. <laughs> here we go. You ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm so ready. Yeah, what tank are we starting this time? Well, well uh, hopefully that's the right tank. All right, here we go. Step one, okay. find a tank to use as a template. Uh, number two, choose a T-shirt. You won't mind cutting up and turn it into, oh, you know what? This uh, is how to start okay. a, it's how to start a tank <clears throat> top. Uh, so start a tank yeah. top. Okay, I'll keep looking. Uh, I'm telling okay. you, I'm going to figure out how to start a military tank. That's I need to change my Google, uh, my Google search here. How to start a military tank? Okay. Yeah, just include some keywords maybe, and it'll help you out. So hopefully, what are some keywords? Well, here we go. Here's a game we could play. What are some okay. keywords that you would include on how to start a Hornets tank? I don't have any keywords. I just had some points. I think the keyword that I would go with—it <laughs> was a good—it was a good transition, though. I tried. I, hey, I tried. I, it, it, no, it, it's fine. I, I think, yeah, I think some of the keywords that you're going to be looking at are are just things pick like a word in one of your points. Just pick a single well, word from one of your points. Gotcha. Reclamation, reclamation right. right? So I think when you look at the Brooklyn Nets the time that they were trying to get out of this hell that was not having any first round pick. So if you lost and the Brooklyn Nets were losing quite a bit when they made that trade with the Boston Celtics, when they were losing in the fallout of all of that, all they could do is bring in some younger players and develop them one step at a time. And it's why people were happy about what Kenny Atkinson was doing. It's why people gave Sean Marks a little bit of credibility at the beginning of that process because you bring in someone like D'Angelo Russell and he becomes valuable. Maybe not anymore, but at that time, D'Angelo Russell was a valuable enough player. 
you make savvy enough moves that you're able to land a player like Jared Allen. You know, you make the move where Indiana actually drafts Karis LeVert, but then mm-hmm. the Nets find a way to get Karis LeVert. So it, even in the darkest of stages, and man, the Nets at that time, I don't know how it gets much worse where you don't have picks for consecutive years and you're still so awful that if you were to have your pick, then you would get number one, number two, right? So, or at least have a shot to do that. So you can make moves like that. I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, that's stupid. But to say that it's impossible, that's not true. And I wonder if the Hornets can find ways through some of these trades they can make. Okay, you trade Gordon Hayward, you trade Terry Rozier. Hey, let's get this young guy that was a, you know, 17th, 18th, whatever first round pick. And let's see if we can bring him aboard. Maybe he can, you know, vault himself into playing at a high level. Maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. But you don't really have a choice right now. The thing is, too, man, like you look at the new lottery odds. 14% for the top three teams or the worst three teams, if you will, the teams that have the three worst records in the NBA, you get a 14% shot at getting the number one overall pick. People will point to Oklahoma City, who finished with an awful record going into this season, or going, uh, excuse me, coming into the last NBA draft, and the Oklahoma City Thunder, well, they got the actual number two pick, but the year prior, they got Josh Giddy, and that was, I believe, the fourth overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. And Oklahoma City has been tanking a lot. They did not get Victor Wembanyama, but they got Chet Holmgren, and they didn't get any of the other, they didn't get Cade Cunningham, but they got Josh Giddy, who looks pretty good, and at least you can flip these guys. The Orlando Magic did have one of the worst records. They did have a 14% shot. They got the number one pick. The Houston Rockets, they did have one of the worst records, and they got the number three pick. Now, number three would hurt you in this draft, but you're still getting a really good player. I mean, you got to give yourself a shot at... Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson. In fact, this year alone, to have those two guys, it does kind of remind you of a Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley type of draft where you would have had a shot at Evan Mobley or um, or Victor Wembanyama, right? So it's just, this is the thing, man. If, if Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and this roster right now does not look like it's going to get you to the play-in. And if it does, I mean... I don't know how, but if it does, then you're probably going to get blown out once again. I can't take a third blowout, Doug. I can't do it. I I don't want to do that again, just like it happened to the Pacers and just like it happened this past season as well against the Hawks. So give me a shot at the number one overall pick. Give me a shot at Wembenyama or Scoot Henderson that raises the value of your franchise exponentially and also raises the value of your hope. Because right now, you don't have much. And the only team below you right now in the Eastern Conference in Detroit, you still feel better about where they're heading towards their future with the Cade Cunningham, with the Jaden Ivey, with the Jalen Duran. You bring in some veterans to help them, and you quote-unquote tank the right way. I, I, I was fine giving it a shot at the beginning. Okay, whatever. You want to give it a shot? Cool. But right now, it hasn't worked, and it's gone pretty horribly very quickly out of the gate. Uh, you know what draft it reminds me of. The more I'm researching this draft is is not the one that you mentioned, but 2003, where you had LeBron James. Was everybody everybody understood it was LeBron James, generational talent, uh, is going to transform the way the NBA is played. 
uh, and that's Victor Webinyama. And then, you know, obviously Darko was too. That's that's a, a doink by the Detroit Pistons. But you also had Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. Like, down to the fifth pick, you've got players that have the potential to be Hall of Famers. So, I mean, I, I think that's that's how I view this draft is like, yeah, you've, you've got to give yourself a shot to get into that conversation if you don't feel like you legitimately have a shot to make the play-in or the playoffs. And, and I think that's where the Hornets find themselves, unfortunately, at this point. And so I love your point, though, about reclamation, about it not just being about draft picks. Because I think the people that are scared of tanking or opposed to tanking are scared of becoming the Oklahoma City Thunder, where you're Mm -hmm. just on this sort of constant quest for the next draft, the next draft, the next draft. And there's no... There's no real end to the process. It doesn't feel like there's an end to the process. Even if they were to get, you know, Victor Webinyama, that that they might still find some ways to lose so they could pair somebody else in the next draft with Victor Webinyama. There's always the next draft. So that's that's the fear. But I think there is a way to do it the way you were talking about, where you bring in other players. And I think that's especially important for this Hornets team that because of injuries early this season, Walker, we've discovered a few things about some of their younger players that we had questions about last season. And the answers that we've gotten haven't been very encouraging when it comes to James Booknight or JT Thor. Now you could still play Mark Williams more. You could still play Bryce McGowan's more, some of the more recent draft picks and start to figure out some of the answers to those questions this season. But I think, you know, I think they still have to go out and find um, young talent. And then I think the most important thing is that if they do somehow get lucky in this draft, at some point they have to do the thing that they haven't done up until this point with LaMelo Ball and this core that they were trying to build, which is, uh, number one, find some veteran talent, some veteran talent that you can bring in that has championship experience that can help this team understand what it takes to actually win in the playoffs and get you know, get yourself into a regular season form to win in the playoffs. And then the second thing is, you know, hope that your players don't get into, you know, any kind of criminal trouble because that's that, really hurt the Hornets. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see if that happens. Um, the, the veteran leadership and the veteran talent, that can be had and it not deter you from losing. In fact, there's an argument that you could hold on to, you know, now you want to get rid of these guys for assets, right? Like if you keep Terry Rozier because he's still a pretty good player in the NBA, he's had a rough go of it recently, but Terry Rozier is still a good enough player, catch and shoot somebody that I think has even gotten better at ball handling and being that lead guard. I think he showed that at the beginning of the season before he got hurt, you know, that that's valuable, but you do that in order to get some assets. The thing is, I mean, you could also, you know, hold on to some of these other guys. Like you can hold on to Jalen McDaniels. I mean, we're he's starting to make that turn into a veteran. You know, he play. I mean, he plays hard as hell. You know, so he could be somewhat of a veteran. You know, you could talk about like I don't know what you would do with PJ. I don't know what you would get in return for PJ right now because he is set to make a lot of money. So that's going to be up to the team on how much they want to pay him. But you could keep PJ, and he can be a nice rotation piece for you, and you could still lose because they're losing right now. You could trade Gordon Hayward and it not make a difference because the guy doesn't play a lot anyway. I mean, you're <laughs> the Gordon Hayward one. That, that That's the one, right? Because as much as I think he helps the team, you and I have talked about how much of a difference he makes when he's on the floor. But again, it's the classic argument. He's not on the floor. I mean, he was playing through a shoulder injury. Hell, he should have gone out probably a little bit earlier. And then he finally did in that Chicago game. And he's not back. So here we are talking about him not even playing 50 games this season because he hasn't done it yet that it's it's time to trade Gordon Hayward if a team will have him 
that yeah you, you can set yourself up with Lamelo running the show if you get a high draft pick you can get somebody in and maybe they help right away i just saw a rookie last night help right away and ben matherin actually i saw two and andrew nemhart as well so oh, that's not gosh. out of the realm of possibility too yeah, I mean, the Pacers crushed them in the pick and roll. Matherin was all over the place, scoring in bunches. Yeah, it's 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 difficult to watch. It's it's interesting to watch that front line struggle defensively uh, because they struggled all last season, and you were wondering if it was going to change. Has it really had an opportunity uh, to, to get in there? Have, have LaMelo and Terry had enough opportunity with Steve Clifford to institute some better defense up top. It hasn't shown itself in, in those three games. And so now, you know, you wait on DSJ as well, who's recovering from his own ankle injury, yeah. uh, you know, to get back and, and see what that does. But yeah, I mean, um, it's, this is going to be a difficult season. I think any way you cut it. Uh, and it you know, I, I hope that the Hornets can be a little bit more definitive about their plan. I hope they're definitive with, with and honest about the plan with LaMelo and with uh, this, uh, the franchise's fans, so that we have some better indication as to, as to what's going on and that everyone's aligned with that. And, you know, I think that's going to be most difficult for Steve Clifford, who came in hoping that this wasn't going to be a tank job. Yeah. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets. Wait a minute. Your wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before we go, go I ahead. do have an answer to the question. I finally found it. Oh, Does okay. a military Good. tank need a key? Okay, here's the answer, for real, for real. You need a key to open up the top, apparently, to get into the tank. But uh, once you get down in there, you just flip a switch. It's that quick. You just flip a switch. Okay. Does Mitch Kupchak do it? And the Hornets flip the switch. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks for Are they cutting the sleeves off? Are they getting the gravel and letting the bacteria cycle start? Are they flipping the switch? Are the Hornets tanking? That's the question we have. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. One more show for the week. We'll be back to do it with you tomorrow. <laughs> 